we started last week a new series called The Church, looking at questions like, what is the church? Why do we do church? Who can turn up to church? And last week, we started off with the fundamental image that Paul um, gives to us, and the scripture gives to us, actually, and that is the church is the house of God. Not your house, not my house, but it's God's house. And because the church is God's house, the primary purpose of the church is God. I hope that you got that message last week. Uh, people were commenting after five weeks, Steve, all of, all of that energy, all that pent-up energy, it's out now. So I'm a little bit more calm today. Praise the Lord. Um, we move to our second image of what the church is, and that is the body of Christ. This image is used by God throughout, through the Apostle Paul multiple times as Paul uh, describes the church. But in today's passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 31, this is where Paul really expands on what does it mean for the church to be the body of Christ. And there's four major points from this piece of scripture that Paul makes about the church. The first one is this. We are one under Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14 should be on the screen. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, I don't know how many of you are into anatomy, basic anatomy, but for the most of us, the most that we know about our bodies is if you've got 10 fingers and if you've got 10 toes, then you're doing really well, right? Um, did you know, did you know, oh, should we do a pop quiz? Let's do a pop quiz. I can only do this here. Queenie, oh, on the spot right here. Just randomly, Queenie, you just happen to be there. She's sweating bullets already. How many bones does the adult skeleton have? I'll give you a choice, multiple choice. A, A100, B200, C206, and D700. Yeah, two, oh, hey, 206, well done. Well done. Oh. Our medical system is intact. Oh, gee. Um, what's funny is two, we, adults have 206 bones, and um, half of these bones are found in your hands, your wrist, your ankles, and your feet. Um, oh, who else is a medical profession that I can pick on? Oh, Afshin. All right. Afshin. You were at, you've heard this before. Here we go. Organs. Okay. Liver, heart, lungs. How many organs does the human body have? A, 50. B, 78. C, 92. Or D, 104. Oh, you only heard this like six hours ago. Give it a guess. 
E. We have 78 organs um, in our body, and we have uh, roughly about 600 muscles. Um, Now, for some of us, those muscles are a little bigger than other people, you know? Um, now, that's, if you think about it, right, 206 bones, 78 organs, about 600 and something muscles. That's a lot of multiple pieces, multiple parts. But all of them combined make what? One body. One body. And that's the image that the Apostle Paul uses to describe what the church is. That, yes, the church is made up of multiple parts, but together they are one unit, one body, one spirit, regardless of of who you are, regardless of what your background is. When we come together as a community, we're one, one church. And this is important for us to understand because the church and and, and what we're going to call the universal church, so the church in, in global, okay, it's one church. Now, of course, locally, there are multiple local churches. Even in Chatswood, there's about 25 local churches or local faith communities. But ultimately, we are one church. And that's what Paul is saying. We are one under Jesus. Number two, diversity is essential. 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 20. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The church is diverse. Just like the parts in your body are diverse, the church is diverse. And I would go further to say, it's not just the fact that the church is diverse, but the church must, we must embrace diversity. Now, diversity can come in all different categories, ethnicity, age, looks, skills, education levels, financial backgrounds, occupation, and so many different categories. But the point that Paul is making is this, all of that All those different parts come together to make the body. Because if we were missing parts, then we would be missing parts in our body. We would have holes, literal, in our body. You know, sometimes it's funny because people are like, man, I I, I wish I could sing so I could be on the praise team. Or I wish I could be extroverted and, and, and outgoing so I could be on the welcoming team. I wish I could be on the stage. I wish I could do this. I wish I could be like that person. But what Paul is saying is this. Not everyone can be everything for everyone. But that's okay. That's okay. That's the diversity that is essential for the body. Just like every part of our body is necessary, every person in the church, in their diversity, is necessary 
for the church. Why? Here's the catch. Verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God placed the parts of the body. God placed you and I in this body. And I know sometimes it feels like, man, I, I don't know if I fit. I don't know if, 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 if I'm meant to be a part of this church. I don't know if I'm, I'm meant to be here. And, and, and what I'm telling you is, is God's body, he put you here. You've got to trust that. You've got to trust that. Regardless of who you are, you are a part of his body, just the way God wanted you to be. So if you're like, I can't sing, that's okay. That's just exactly the way God wanted you to be. You know, if you're like, I'm the most shy, introvert person, that's okay. Doesn't mean because you're shy or introverted, you got no space in the body. No, you just joined the multimedia team. <laughs> I'm the leader of the multimedia team, by the way. We balance that out. If you've ever thought, you know what, I'm, I'm so different. I don't, I don't really feel like I fit within this community. You know, you've got to really, you've got to listen to what Scripture says. You've got to remember that it's God that brought you here. You know what's funny? You think that you came here on your two feet, that you thought about it, and you made a conscious decision, I'm going to go to Chapel Sydney Chatsu Campus tonight at 5.15. You think that you made that choice? No. God, he made that choice. He knew you'd be here. Why? Because he's God. All right? Diversity is essential. Essential for the church. Number three, different is different, not better or worse. Verse 21 to 26. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God, once again, listen to this, but God has put the body together. Right? God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body that... Uh, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, suffers, 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 every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Difference does not mean better or worse. Difference means difference. That's it. But we get this wrong. We get this wrong a lot. We think that if we're different, it means you're different, so you, are, you must be either better or worse than me. But the Scripture's telling us right now, different is different. That's it. Actually, difference, uh, on the contrary, the Bible tells us that for those that we feel are different, we actually need to treat them better. The weaker, we, we treat them with greater honor. Why? Why does God command us to look after each other, especially the weaker, quieter, neglected parts of our body? Verse 24. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, that its parts should have equal concern for each other. God commands us to do this for the sake of unity, being one. Now, unity 
is not uniformity. Uniformity means everything has to be exactly the same. I'm telling you, that's not what God wants. That's not what this church wants. Right? We want unity. You know what? The church is not a competition. The church is not a competition to see who is better, who is the better body part. Nor is the church a race to see who finishes first. The church is a collective of God's people that God himself has brought together to function within all their diversity together as one body. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And that's a sign of a healthy church. That's a sign of a healthy body, right? Right? Uh, we've had a lot of people get sick, right? That's just the world that we live in, right? Have you ever noticed that sometimes you get sick in one area of your body, but the other areas of your body start hurting? Right? One of the most simple ones is like when you stub your toe, right? When you're walking and you, and you kick the door or, you know, whatever. You, you, you kick something and, and, you, and your toe just gets smashed and suddenly you've got a headache. You realize that, right? That's what a healthy body is. I have back pain. I feel like I'm in therapy now. Doctor, I have back pain. And sometimes, and, and some of the guys, they know this, after any sort of big sporting event, I start to hobble a little bit. Back gets really stiff. You know, bodies, and, and it's the body telling me, Steve, please no more. You know, stop playing sport. Go and lose some weight first. Um, and, and, and sometimes it gets really stiff. And, and so I asked my physio friends, and, and what he said was, that's the body protecting the spinal cord, right? That's why the muscles around it are overcompensating and they're stiffening up so that the spinal cord is being protected. That's the body working as one. Now, we see this in the church. Now, as I said, chapel's been around for eight years. We've seen this. And can I tell you the, the most obvious time? It's when, it's when there's tragedy, when there's crisis. Um, thankfully, you know, and I know that, you know, we can't avoid tragedy and we can't avoid death and we can't avoid bad things, okay? Uh, but thankfully in the eight years, we kind of haven't, it has, I don't think it's been the worst, you know. But one of the times that we see um, the health of our church was um, when someone passed away, someone's grandparents um, passed away and, and you just saw the whole community just come together, rally around and support that person. That's the sign of a healthy church. That uh, unity is celebrated, diversity is celebrated, and life is celebrated. And you know what? The reality is the diversity in our bodies is very diverse. We have stronger and we have weaker. We have people who love public, and we have people who love the private. We have people that are outgoing, and we have people that are quiet. But this doesn't mean that anyone is less or more. We have people that are amazingly gifted people. And we have people that are amazingly gifted at breathing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that one is better or worse. And we need to understand that. Diversity is diversity. Diversity is difference. But difference doesn't mean better or worse. And we need to understand that within our body. So diversity is essential, but different 
is just different. Finally, you are a part of this body, verse 27 to 31. Paul finishes this part and says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. What Paul is saying is this. This body of Christ, the church that he's talking about, is not someone else's family. It's not some other concept. This is for you. This is for every Jesus follower that you are a part of this church. Every person sitting here tonight, whether you've been here from the beginning of eight years ago or whether you recently joined, if as a follower of Jesus, this is what Paul is talking about. You are a part of this. I want to re-emphasize this with you. Church is not a spectator sport. Church is never done from the bleachers. Church is not a stage show. You didn't come here to watch something amazing happen on stage. That's not church. That's, that's a show. But church is the people of God. And every single person, Every single person that follows Jesus, you're a part of this. You're one of the body parts. And you know, sometimes we are too caught up in what body part are you? You know, a new person comes to church and we start to analyze their giftings. Oh, they seem like they're a little musical. You know, they seem like they've got some social skills. They seem like they can tolerate children. You know, we start to an- analyze, you know, put them in a little robot, ding, welcoming team. You know, like, <laughs> you know. And then, and then some people, those that are really good at breathing, ding, pass. No jokes, <laughs> you know. But it's not like that. That's like saying that parts of your body Right? That's like thinking that, man, my head, it's so important. But you know that piece of skin behind my knee? I probably don't need that. See, you don't understand that until you get sunburned. Behind the knee it's the most painful place to get sunburned. You know? Every single part of the body is important. If we believe that, if you and I believe that, number one, you have to understand that you are important in the church. And secondly, you need to understand that every single other person in the church is as important. But the problem is this. If you don't think that you're important enough to be a part of this community, right? If you don't see yourself as part of this community and you're like, you know what, I don't really have any gifts, I don't really uh, input, I don't really have anything to contribute, I'm just going to sit back and I'm not going to do anything. That's like one of your body parts going, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. A healthy body, a healthy body has every single part, every single part working, doing what that part needs to do. A healthy church, every single person, a part of that body is doing what they need to do. 
So when you say, you know what, I don't know if I feel a part of this body and I don't know if I'm going to contribute, and you sit back and you choose not to engage into using what God has given to you for the sake of the body, you're actually damaging the body. And you're, you're making everyone else suffer. A healthy body. Whether God has given you talents, treasures, or time. For the body to be healthy, every single part has to be functioning. For the church to be healthy, every single person has to be functioning. So that's the first thing. You've got to understand that this is for you. But secondly, if you understand that every single person is important in the body, you've got to understand that that person next to you, they're important. They're important. It's not about what you can give. It's about what they can do too. It's about championing and helping them be the best piece of body that they are. Got to coach each other. Got to encourage each other. And that's why we come together as a community. That's the body of Christ. That's the church. So usually at the end of the sermon, I all get heated and excited and sometimes I start yelling sometimes. Sometimes more than none. And sometimes, you know, I, I, sometimes God really puts on my heart this rebuke, this challenge. But actually this week as I was praying, I really felt like God was convicting me just to share some of my own, I guess, personal opinions about where I think we as a church are going and how we're going. You know, based on this idea that the church is the body of Christ. And actually, my conclusion was this. We're not perfect and we'll never be. But I think we're on the right track. I think we're on the right track. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, I think we're doing okay, right? Uh, there are four reasons why I think my personal opinion is that, that I think we're doing okay as a church on being the body of Christ and then after, I will finish with some practical tips on how we can function as a body. Okay, four reasons why I think we're doing okay as a body. Okay, number one, diversity. Eight years ago when we started the chapel, 90 to 95% of our congregation was of Korean ethnicity. It's a big number. It was pretty much everyone was Korean ethnicity bar David Pan. And Dave's downstairs serving our children. But I, I kid you not, that's what it was. 90 to 95%. Eight years on, eight years on, if you come to our church, I'm so proud to say that we are a very diverse community. Very diverse. And I would say probably that any sort of ethnic group doesn't go over 50% of our congregation. And that's across Chatswood and Bird. So I think we're doing okay. I think we've thrown away the Korean church tag. I don't think we've been Korean church in a while, which is great. So number one, I think we're doing well in diversity. Number two, serving. There's a saying in some churches, 90% of the work being done by 10% of the people. That's what we call an unhealthy church, unhealthy organization, right? But in the chapel, in our church, I think we have a very healthy number of people serving. 
If you actually look at the numbers, if you actually look at how many people are serving within different types of ministries, whether it's you know kids or welcoming or, or operations or admin or prayer or whatever, we have a very high percentage of not just our members, but our congregation actually being involved and serving within our church community, which is fantastic. That's, a, that's what I'm talking about. That's a healthy church. That's when all the parts of the body are like, okay, let's do this. Okay, toe, let's, okay, foot, okay, knee. You know, let's all do what we need to do. I think it's so encouraging. If you're not serving and, and you want to get involved, get involved. So many different areas. We'd love for you to get involved. But that's the second reason why I think our church is okay. We're not perfect, but we're on the right track. Number three, giving. Our financial giving. In the similar manner, I think our giving is on the right track. We have a very high percentage of our members and also our congregation giving uh, regularly. Now, it doesn't matter about how much. I'm not talking about big givers. I'm not talking about you know people dropping you know tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars and and you know things like that, right? I think it's healthy when everyone is giving just their own bit. Now, there are some churches, they've got what they call big givers, three, four givers, and they give you know, 60, 70% of the church's budget, right? Now, I don't think that's really healthy because that's like saying 60, 70% of your body is doing, you know, four parts are doing 60% of the work of your body, you know? We don't have that, which is great. You know, do I want big givers? Of course I want big givers. If, if you tonight feel compelled to give big, sell your house, market's good, right? You want to give? Great. But as a church and as a body, what's really encouraging is everyone just gives their tithe. Everyone just gives their little and what's been super encouraging is that, you know, it's a whole family event. Everyone gets involved. And so that's the third reason why I think uh, we are on the right track. Finally, gathering. This one is a little bit more recent. Um, there's this team, uh, not team, okay. I think there's something in the air these days in our church. People want to hang out. I promise you, it's not always like that. We've gone through seasons where I'm the one who's initiating, you know, get-togethers. I'm the one who's initiating events. I'm the one who's initiating meals. But these days, I don't have to because there's so many people that are just gathering together. After church, if you don't know, you're all invited to dinner. We have something like, you know, 15 to 18 people every Sunday after church. They just hang out. And they're because church is so fun and because they can't get enough of each other, they just go and they, they smash out one of the big restaurants here and they just have another meal together. They just want to hang out more. People want to play sport together. You know, we, we had a tennis thing about a week and a half ago. You know, we were expecting like eight people to come. We had 22 people turn up. Afshin came. 
He played ten- He's never played tennis in his life. Picked up a racket and went and he decided, and I still think, and I, I was joking with him yesterday about this as well. It's like he woke up and he thought, maybe I'll become a pro tennis player. Let me just see if this is my calling. And so for three hours, he went, he went for it. And then missed church the next day and realized that pro tennis was probably not for him. You know, people want to gather. I heard about this uh, durian party. Oh, and we pray for you. People that wanted to try durian. Some people literally think durian is, you know, durian was the fruit on the tree of the garden. Some people think that. I'm just saying that's not biblical, but some people do. But you know what's fun? It's just cool. People want to gather. And it doesn't matter what they want to gather around. Sport, food. Some people want to gather to pray. Amazing. Right? The fact that people want to gather, I think that's a really healthy sign. And I really want to encourage you because some of you might be like, wait a minute. I never got the invitation. I'm telling you, there are multiple opportunities outside of what the church already gives in our life groups, um, prayer meetings, ministries. There are other things, right? You're invited. See, I think these are just healthy signs of the body, healthy signs of the church, and for that I'm very grateful. Are we there yet? No. Are we perfect? No. So let me finish with three just really practical tips on how we can continue to grow as the body of Christ. Number one, be other-centered. Be other-centered. Think of others first. Don't come in and demand that people wait and serve on you. That is a restaurant. That's a hotel. That's not the body of Christ. That's not the church. Don't come in. And wait for people to serve on you, but come in and ask yourself, how can I serve others? Your actions, your words, let them be other-centered. One very specific example of this, and, and I use this because it's, it's been a bit of a pet peeve of mine, is, uh, is this phrase, English at the table. Um, if you go to play poker at... Star City Casino, there is a rule. I heard this from someone else. (laughs) There's a rule, there is a rule that they say over and over again, only English at the table. Can I just say, in our church, that isn't, for me, I think that's an unspoken, I've been banging this drum for years. Here's the thing. We all have, you know, we all have our languages. Some of us are bilingual, trilingual. It doesn't matter how many people you're talking with. It doesn't matter how many people understand you. What matters is the people that don't understand you. And even if there's 50 people in the room, and they might be able to understand Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Tagalog, Oka, Bogan, you know, whatever accent it is, right? If there's one person in that room 
that doesn't understand that. It doesn't matter if 49 people understand it. That one person is now outside because of what you've said. And I understand. I do. There are certain words that just are easier to talk about in your native tongue. You know, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm ethnically Korean, so I'll have a go at Koreans. There are certain, you know, words in Korean that are just easier to say. And I'm just saying, you know, if you haven't been to our church for a while, you probably haven't heard this. But if you've been to our church for a while, you've probably had a sit down meeting with me about this because it's really, it really bothers me. It bothers me because it's selfish. Because you're not thinking about the one. Right? It's a very practical, very practical tip. Be other centered. Don't come to be served, but come to serve. That's how we build the church. Number two, embrace diversity. Of course, it'd be easier to hang out with people that are similar to us, but that's just not what the church is. That's not how the body of Christ works. We need to learn not just to hack diversity, but we actually need to learn to embrace diversity. If we were to go one more step, I think we need, and and I think we do, it's not just about embracing diversity. I actually think we need to champion diversity. We need to champion diversity. We need to celebrate diversity. Which means this, if someone comes in through those doors that looks a little bit different to us, we don't walk away hoping that someone else will go and talk to them. We put it on ourselves, and we go. You know what the saddest thing about the church is? We are our own worst enemies. If we were all just a little bit better, the church would be a little bit healthier. Simple as that. Some of you, you are so comfortable in being homogeneous, meaning you just like your type. But not only do we need to learn to embrace diversity, we actually need to champion it. We need to champion it. Practical for that? (laughs) Eat new food. I kid you not. I kid you not. It's so simple. But when you hang out with people in the body, don't eat what you want to eat. Salt and pepper, squid. Sweet and sour pork. Okay, we all know. I know sweet and sour pork is like manna from heaven, man. Like I love that stuff too. Okay, but if we want to champion diversity, go and try something that you've never tried before for the sake of that person. And if you really want to push yourself, and this is only for like A grade, if you're ready to champion diversity. I don't know if I'm there yet. Okay, I'm going to be honest, right? Try this. Vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I even said that. (sighs) We're going to get on the news for our diversity. The church that does not eat meat. (laughs) 
<laughs> some, for those on camera, you don't understand, but some piece of furniture just fell. We're going to take that as a sign and never do that again. <laughs> it's little things, guys. Seriously. Try new food. Take yourself out of that comfort zone. And I promise you, when you start to champion diversity, that's the heart of God. When you're aligned with that, you'll see some beautiful things. Number three, this is the final one. Look in the corners. What I mean is this. When you come through these doors, right, when you come into church, don't, don't make a beeline to your friends. I've seen this so often. I'm not even going to name names, but I've seen this. They walk through the door and there's three people there, there's three people there, and they walk straight past six people and go straight to their friend. Hey, long time. <laughs> and all six people are like, yeah, hello to you too. Look in the corners. Don't, don't, don't go. Trust me, your friends will always be there. If they're your friends. And if they're not there for you, they're not your friends. Not worth it, okay? Your friends will always be there, but the people in the corners, the people that are neglected, the people that are socially struggling. And hey, we, we, we kind of joke about it, but we, it's just kind of normal now. But let's just accept the fact that there are people that are just socially awkward. It's just a way of life. It's just the way it is. Not everyone can be as social as some people, right? For some people, walking into a community space with this many people that they may or may not know, it makes them nervous. Now, I personally do not understand that because this is my jam. The more the merrier, hello, right? But what I'm saying is this, look in the corners, because that's where those people are. They're the people that are stuck on the walls. They don't want to be in the center. They don't know what it means to be in the center, but they want a friend. They want to be a part of this community. They're never going to come to you. It's too hard for them, but it's our job to look for them. Friends, the church is the body of Christ. One body made up of many diverse, beautiful parts, but one body under Christ. And the beauty of it is this. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're made of. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. If you want, you can be a part of this body. God invites you through his son Jesus to be a part of this body. And I kid you not, you're here today because God wanted you here. Because God placed you exactly where you're meant to be. Praise be to our God. Amen? Let's pray.